0: son, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. It's fundamentalist in front from Vega Days to Kidajan. The autumn sun is lifting late. Fundamentalist in front. The autumn sun's really surging the outside. Yes. Oh, what a super win. It's English a half-length in front. Can he do it? Chautauqua is flying. Yes, there's history. Joining Jason and Blake now for the Campbell's Gambles podcast.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Campbells Gambles podcast, everyone. Uh, I think it's actually the last episode this time. Might we might um, have had a little hiccup two episodes ago, but I think this time, Jason, we're uh, we're really on the last episode of the season.
0: Yes, last episode now. Uh, I take full responsibility for that hiccup. It was uh, not a good one because, uh, yeah, we, we the viewers they might not have tuned in last week because we had a, quite a big week. Well, you did. Once again, um, trying to run us through last week's races? what caught your eye? Yeah, definitely
1: um, well there were um, there were quite a few uh, well big big races and big runs um, the the most significant of which for me personally was biometric getting up uh, down south um, yeah i I mean I talked him up a lot last week and came up came up big for us and we were, we were actually in the office together, Jason, watching that. So it was, um, it was pretty exciting to see him get up there after, after,
0: yeah, having him as the best bet last week. Yes. We dedicated a whole race at Flemington to speak by me. <laughs> um, and we literally forgot about the listed race at Flemington and probably two of the more exciting three-year-olds going head to head down the straight, but <laughs> um, by metric got the chocolates. It was a great tip. The big fella back on the inside. And, uh, yeah, he saluted well, and hopefully all the listeners had a few peanuts on and they're buying their coffees this week. $7 yeah. coffee, $7 coffee. All right, Um, what else? What else happened? Bertabeck, Bertabeck, Bertabeck. What do we do with Bertabeck now? Time for the bin, possibly?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, eight, I I said last week, eight-year-olds concern me. They're just not, not trustworthy. And I remember the... The week before, I think it might have been Sweet Thomas as well. Um, is an older horse. I don't. My, my, is it a ten? Is it? Is he a ten-year-old Sweet Thomas? Going going on thirty-three. Yeah, yeah. Something like whatever it is. Like yeah, forever. It's it's clear. Like horses, once they get over seven, it's just far less. They're just far less trustworthy, um, and they win far less often. Obviously, they're on the downhill once they get past six or seven and then you know once they're eight plus it's yeah they're well towards the end of their career so um yeah I think I won't be backing uh Bertabeck any any further any longer but um yeah it was um it was it was an it was a good race anyway and um Vinko and Paladus bombed out as well Holyfield was um was pretty impressive winning
0: last weekend Jase yeah back on the uh was it a firmer track was it a bit firmer i think a bit firmer than what what Mm. he was racing in in sydney um Mm. and he brought that hashtag sf up i got i got tipped Hollyfield from a from someone that probably isn't tuning into the show but it it was it was one of a one of a malt one of the legs or multi um with the with a leg later on that actually paid out a (laughs) A midi fortune, but um, mm. yeah, Holyfield way too good. Dominant display from the front, um, from a wide barrier, and kudos really just didn't didn't even really get away with with the murder because they went at a frightening um tempo. So all kudos to the winner, Holyfield, for sure, for sure. All right, well,
1: um, listeners, Jason's handed me the reins this uh this week, so we'll um uh, we'll be going to Eagle Farm, obviously um, the final Group One of uh, well, autumn, winter, now, um, and there won't be another one, I don't think, on the east coast until spring. So, um, yeah, final Group One is Tats Tiara this weekend, and it is at Eagle Farm. So the track assessment uh, should be should be fairly fine weather um, as we've had in the last couple of weeks, I think. And um, the rail's out six meters, so it was out four meters last meeting at Eagle Farm, and just a further two meters this time. Uh, track should be a good three to four, um, depending how much water goes on it, and what the uh, what the temperature is like on the day, but are there any expected track bias
0: for you, Jason, on Saturday? Oh, it'd just be interesting to see how this track um holds up. Uh, there's been a lot of traffic on it recently. Obviously, last week with the Ipswich Carnival, bit of a let up on it. But uh, yeah, rail out uh eight meters realistically. Um, that's going to probably take some effect. Uh, I I'd, I'd probably suggest doubt that far because the inside is probably crap. Um, and you probably want to be on horses that um, can sort of get off that fence. Uh, and yeah, it's probably midfield. I'd say, I'd say midfield cover possibly in that running line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think um, as well, just looking back
1: to previous runnings of the Tiara, um, a lot of the winners uh, have have often been sort of off the rail, even if they were sort of in the lead or had a rails run, they were coming off the rail in the straight. And most of the field I think was doing that because of the fact that it's typically towards the end of the carnival and there's been a lot of traffic um over or down the track uh, either at Doomben or Eagle Farm. So um yeah, I I agree with that assessment there, Jason. So um yeah no more, no more chat about that. We'll um we'll get straight cracking into it. Um race four is the Tatasaur's Cup. Um, which is a group three over 2,400 meters. And Jason, there's a horse heading the market here that
0: um, you've, you've mentioned a few times on the podcast. Yes, SD Finny, the Hungarian import for Matthew Dunn. I um, have had this bloke in my black book um, from, from, from a trial at um, Randwick uh, roughly two years ago now, but um, has <laughs> been a long time. Can't say I've backed him ever. But um, I thought he tried well on that on that morning. But um, yeah, he had some market. He's quite short in this market, in my opinion, at two dollars twenty. This is a race where there's just a lack of tempo in it. Um, it's going to be a really, really softly run twenty four hundred meters. Seat of power from Barry Three looks to push forward, and I'd expect Honorable Spirit to come on his outside. Bonnie Ezra probably gets the gun run one out one back, or gets that rail position. Um, But I'm happy to take on both favourites in this race, Estefani and Bonnie Ezra. I just think there's a massive query on Bonnie Ezra back on a very firm deck. Um, He hasn't faced a firm deck since he's run on the 11th of December in 2021 at Tarapa, uh, where he ran 12th of 13, beaten probably a very, very long way. So um, he's he's got very good form. He's got form around Irish Sequel, who's since come up and won. in the brisbane carnival however i just think back on a firm surface and we know how firm eagle farm is is a bit of a query there um query of sd fenny is he hasn't won a race here in australia and he hasn't won a race in, uh, in four years so it's mm. one for the thrill seekers at two or the that i know he's been running very well um in weight for age level against some of the better horses and this is a bit of a drop back but uh thrill seeker price um Going to go with two horses here. First of all, al for me um, does tie in very nicely with Bonnie Ezra, did run ahead off him in that Winter Cup um, and meets him half a kilo better off at the weights. So do what you will with that. Um, that was on a soft seven. So I think up to Eagle Farm, back on a firmer deck. Will suit him. He just didn't see out that 2,400 in the Premier's Cup. Um it was just very one-paced, very one-paced. But in a race like this, who knows? Again, $5.50. I don't think there's much between him and the other two. Um, and one here at a big price. Uh, funnily enough, top order, um, the, the outsider of the field. This might be an absolute ludicrous for me, Blake. You can pull me up uh, at any given time. But um, I think he's going a bit better than his form suggests. Um, his last three runs have all been on wet tracks, um, and which doesn't look to be his go. Um, four starts back at Eagle Farm over the mile. He ran second to gave us up. Um, and then if you look at his four and last preparation, he's, he's actually beat home Honorable Spirit Luna Snit at Eagle Farm over the 2200. And he's run second to London Banker, who's in the market here over the 2200 at Doomben. Only got beat two and a half lengths that day. So he's got to get the suck run from the um, one alley with Taylor Marshall on board. And he might be one at $41. Once again, a bit like Finney last week Finney a couple of weeks ago. I really wish you could bet on a horse not to finish last because I feel like he might be a horse that finishes, he might not place for us, but he could finish fourth or fifth and run a, run a sneaky race at
1: $41. Yeah, I, um, I think what makes Top Order a bit more appealing in this race, Jason, like you said, is the, the ones at the top of the market, you just, uh, for whatever reason, or if, you know a, a number of reasons, um, a number of different reasons apply to each of them, you just don't feel like you can trust them um, to run up to their sort of price suggests um, because for whatever reason they haven't proved it or, um, you know, there's a few things changing. Um, and I like, I like that you mentioned Alec here or Alec Um I like the form with this horse over the distance, seven starts, two wins and two uh, minor placings. And also like Rachel King getting back aboard, she's had two runs for a win and a second placing on the horse, um, and yeah, like you said, the form ties in well with Bonnie Ezra last start. I do think that the dry track will be preferred by Alakahan over Bonnie Ezra as well. So, given there wasn't you know there wasn't a whole lot between them in the market, I think they were almost identical prices or very similar prices last start, and now Alakahan is you know there's still a similar price, but Alec you know, a little bit more meat on the bone, given the fact that this race looks like he might, it might set up a little bit better for him than Bonnie Ezra. I think there might be a slight margin there um, just in terms of the market prices for Alec But, you know, you get, if you look at it too much, you get to the point where you're sort of splitting hairs and, you know, whatever happens in the run could affect um, the result more than the stuff that we're talking about here. So for me, it's just not a, not a race I'm keen to bet in. Um, Which yeah, like I said, makes top order. I have said this to you earlier, Jason, it makes top order a bit more appealing because if if there's a race that I'm just not interested in betting in at all, the best option, I guess, naturally is the $51 shot. (laughs) So um I guess we'll see what happens uh race four on Saturday. But yeah, I think um I think yeah, it's not it's not a very exciting race for me personally.
0: All right, too easy. Let's head into the last group one of season two for the Campbell's Gamble's podcast. It's the Tats Tiara for the Phillies of Mayors at weight for age level over the 1,400 metres. Currently heading the market, we have Anavisto for Mick Price and Kent Jr. Um, currently $5.50 with Dabble. Rachel King aboard. Draws barrier 11 here. Four emergencies in the field. Salatine, Zenzivar. April rain, Tycoon Evie, probably all come out of this race. Can't see why there'd be any horses scratching from a $700,000 group one unless a serious injury. Um, speed in this race, where does the speed come from, Blake? Um, it's a bit all
1: over the shop, to be honest. Um, Snapdance has drawn the, the bloody car park and uh, has been going forward. So I'd expect that to continue, I guess, you're going to have to sum it up pretty early. Um, Ethan Brown's not going to have too much time to make the decision with gate 21. He's either going to have to go all the way to the front or all the way to the back, basically uh, from out there. Ana Vista will definitely be going forward. Um, that's typical of, of that horse and well, um, that mare and Vangelic will be going forward as well. Um, same thing, very typical. So Shout the Bar's Drawn Barrier 2 as well. So those four are probably the main ones, but there's a whole bunch of other horses who um, who like to, to kick up and sort of get their noses in, in good enough positions um, close to the speed during the run. Away game is probably one of those. Pen was uh, leaders back when winning sort of on the rail or from the rail in the Dane Ripper, I think it was, last start. Um, so I'd expect those to sort of be around the mark as well. Um, but yeah it's, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens on the day anyway. Um, big fields like this, you know it can go either way. We saw Apache Chase just absolutely crawl um, in a similar sort of race where there was you know a massive field, big uh, sort of lots of hype around it and then you know the leader just got all favors and won. Um, but then sometimes you see this the opposite thing happen where it's a big race, plenty of horses in it and too many of them decide to go forward and it uh, sets it up for the back markers so, yeah, um, tough one to sort of pick. You know, it's definitely going to go this way. Or it's definitely going to go that way. But there are plenty of plenty of horses in the race who do go forward, so it could really go either way.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, just the thing in regards to speed, I think oh, races like this um, at this level can all can bring about speed, as we know. However, it didn't happen with that a Patrick Chase race. But you look at this race; you've got speed from out, you've got speed from inside snap dancers will want to get across from the wide, wide barrier and there's horses on the inside that want to kick up. So this race looks to me a very, very solid tempo race. Um, and for that reason, I want to be with a tissue here. Um, she's been a bit of the bridesmaid well I guess second best man. She's come third in all of her three runs, this preparation, but she's been ever consistent. And I think that run, I think that national class, uh, classic classic $500,000 meter, uh, $500,000, Race is probably one of the stronger form lines coming into this race, and I thought she was arguably the run of the race. Um, you won't kick you that day, and she got all favors, run of the race behind the leader, got it, um, rode for luck down the straight and and won fair and square. But, um, I think now with that, um, mayor drawing out a little bit more, um, and Just bumping into a few that might be a little bit better than her. I've never seen Kiku as a as a Group One horse, probably more of a Group Three, Group Two horse. But I think it's issue. I just love her at fourteen hundred meters, and I love horses dropping back in distance um, when they've had when it's going to be a a very very tough run fourteen hundred meters. So I think she might be one that just finishes right over the top of these, um, and I'm happy to be on at the fifteen dollars.
1: Yeah. Well, I. I agree to some extent. Um, I like what you said about the form out of the race. Um, and I have, have been sort of a, a bit of a fan of a tissue, um, you know, in, in starts prior. Um, and I also like the fact that you've gone sort of outside the, the top few in the market here. Um, I do think some of the favorites, well, I mean, something has to be favorite, right. And, uh, you know, they're like five, $6 favorites. So, you can't really say they don't deserve to be favorites or whatever, because in most other races, the, the five or $6 chance wouldn't even be the favorite. So um, I think, you know, the market is reflective of how open this race is. And um, for that reason, I, I think there are plenty of, plenty of options to sort of look wide here and, and take horses that are at double figure odds. Um, a tissue I do like, um, but a horse that I think at a bigger price that, Really, really interested me here is Salatine. Um is an emergency, but um but if she gets into the race, I really like her setup for Saturday purely based on on her last few runs. I think I think she's going better um than that price suggests. And um maybe if she does get in the race, she'll shorten a bit. But I like Jimmy Byrne aboard um up in Queensland. He's one of the best up there for Golan drawn gate three Um, for me that is one of the best um sort of map setups in the race um shout the bars drawn well as well in gate two but i'm not sure about you know first up uh coming up from sydney and that sort of stuff i think looking back at, at previous iterations of this race dane ripper has been a pretty strong um strong race to come out of it's it's usually been dane ripper and uh and the group one the Stradbroke so I like the fact Salatine's coming out of that race. Palace pen won the race, but had all favours, barrier one, won't get that this time. Uh, she's drawn got barrier 14 or something. And Najmati was in the race as well, which um, Salatine ran basically one place behind Najmati last time and also ran second to Najmati the start prior. So I like that form. I think Najmati, if Najmati was in this race, would be taking up a lot more of the market than, than Salatine is here. Um, and the fact that, you know, Salatine's so drawn gate three, going to get a, a suck run and probably going to sit a lot closer than she has in her last couple starts. Um, I really like that setup. And then you go back uh, before that again, uh, third to Soxagon and going even further back. The run, if you watch the replay at the Gold Coast uh, last at the end of last preparation behind Snapdancer, Volpine, Kiku, um, Salatine was drawn gate 11, so drawn wide again and um, got way further back than she would have if had she been drawn further in and um, she made up a lot of ground in the straight and through the line uh, behind some of the horses who were taking up, um, you know, a much higher percentage of, of the market in this race, particularly snap dancer who won the race. Um, but, you know, given snap dancer was drawn gate six that day, got, basically, you know, the run of the race up near the front and and Salatine was drawn wide and had to go back and and ended up only finishing three lengths off. Snapdancer now basically flipped the script because Snapdancer's drawn 21 and Salatine's drawn three. Um, I really, really am, am interested to see how Salatine goes here. Um, and I think, yeah, the big price, she could be worth entertaining here. Uh, that said, um, I'll repeat myself from, from earlier. There are plenty of horses that, at big prices that, um, you know, could could be entertained and you can make plenty of cases for. Um, Wonder Bar is probably one of those as well. Like Jen, Jason uh, mentioned, a tissue. I won't be going anywhere near Brooklyn Hustle anymore. Um, I've had enough. <laughs> X from Jason. Yeah, um, But yeah, no, there's uh, even Kiku. Um, Barrier 10 is, is obviously going to be a, a completely different race to what she did last time but you know that doesn't change the fact that she's been one of the stronger mayors going around so far this year so um she's definitely right in it um and yeah there are plenty of others the list just goes on so yeah it'll be it'll be a great it'll be a great race
0: i'm glad you commanded the stand for quite some time there because i was just watching tomorrow rocks 11 number seven (laughs) so was i (laughs) (laughs) Filthy, mm. filthy, fill up as someone calls me. How disgusting. Does he not know we're doing the podcast? All right. All right. We've covered the group one, Tatsiara. Been feeling really sick all day, but tomorrow just really reinvigorated me just then. So um, hopefully we can get some other winners. I'm waiting for Blake to send me some dog tips tonight, just as good as the ones <laughs> last night. Double. It's it. this, yeah. this, this world's easy, isn't it, Blake? It is. It really is. Double it. Richmond and Wentworth Park fill up. Rockhampton two from three. Just just an easy one. We should be recording a Greyhound podcast. Oh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's on the way. Sneak it's peak. coming. It's coming. All right, we move now to race nine, the last race on the program at Eagle Farm. It's a W.J. Healy Stakes handicap race over the 1,200 metres at Group 3 level. King of Sparta brings very interesting form lines here. Very... Entwined with the likes of Paul Laley, Bacchanalia, Authentic Jill, Mimi Lagarde, some very, very smart and up-and-coming horses. And he comes up from Sydney, $2.90, favorite of Dabble. T-Berry booked to ride from a good barrier. He's one they'll have to beat. Are you with him or against him, Blake?
1: Uh
0: I just uh, I'm against him.
1: And um, but but you know, I'll I'll add to that that. I think he's a great chance in the race. Um, so I, I just can't be backing him at the price because of some of the quality that I think is around him in the race. Obviously, everything you said is um, is true, Jason, and you're probably going to talk more about King of Sparta here. But there are a few horses I think are, are interesting at bigger odds. And, you know, King of Sparta can only take up one of the top three. So if you take something that's each way and it runs second or third to him, you can still get a good return. Um which which sort of leads me into the horse that I'm interested in, um, Blondo number three, uh, down the page, at fourteen dollars. Um, I think Blondo's been going going pretty well lately. Um, I really I've really liked the horse's last two runs, um, finishing fifth and both times from wide gates. Um, he is not too good of a beginner anyway. That said drawn gate four on saturday he's definitely going to sit closer than last which which he's basically been right out the back from from gates 10 and 14 in his last two runs i'm i'd be surprised to see him like sort of leaders back or you know up there up there near the pace but if he's in, if he's close to midfield um he'll, he'll definitely you know have a well you'll have half of the field to will already be behind him instead of having to sort of make up all of that ground, like he's had to in his last two runs. Um, You look at the form that he's got. He actually won three starts back uh, in the takeover target listed race uh, from gate two. And he was a similar price uh, that day actually as well. But then in the BRC sprint from gate 14, went back to last, like I said, he, he closed off really strongly and alligator blood ran second in the race. It was a bit of a blanket finish, but, Blondo was clearly the one making up ground in between runners. Um, and and we all know what alligator blood's come out and done uh, since then. So I like that form. And the, I like Last Start's form as well behind ranges. Um, the horse gets a little bit of a, a swing in terms of, you know, the setup and the weights with ranges. Rangers goes up a, ki- a half a kilo and Blondo's dropping two kilos. So you get a two and a half kilo weight swing there and Blondo's drawn underneath ranges this time. So... I always like sort of those those turnarounds that you get, especially when there wasn't too much between them um, in the finish and it was only two lengths given Londo was dead last and, and mate was able to make up all that ground last time over the 1200. I think um, I think he's a decent shot here.
0: Yes, no. All your theories and um, I guess reasons have aligned here um, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, I have no doubts the King of Sparta is the best horse in the race. Like, well, literally zero doubts. Um, I don't think any of these horses in this race would run anywhere near poleli or or whatever you want to call them. Um, however, I'm just not convinced there's enough speed in this race. And I don't expect them to bustle him along um, first up when he's probably got other targets in mind. Um so I'm a little bit concerned with King of Spider here. Uh, just I can just see him getting back to last or near last, and there's just not a lot of speed. Like a lot of these horses are going to be toward the rear, running on. And you know, your selection, despite him drawing inside, it's going to be much the same. You know, even when he was at Gosford that day, drew true Barrier Two and was in the, in the rear of the field. Um, and it was a brilliant win, very dashy win in the end. Um, but but even he's going to be back in the rock. So. I've got to go the, the positive EV play, in my opinion. Um, that it, it actually is Rangers once again. I think this horse is absolutely airborne currently. Um, his first up run in the Hortensia um, at least at level behind Volpine and Mr. Mosaic. And we've already seen 11-11 come through that race. We've already seen... Uh, what was the other Gallop A surreal step that Blake tipped a couple of weeks ago come out and win an open handicap at Randwick. Um, and he was really good in the Hinkler handicap. I know... He has to carry a little bit more weight and has a few things possibly against him this time in. Um, And he did get all favors in that race. I want to be clear. He got all favors in that race, but there's nothing telling me that he won't do that again. He draws barrier five here. There's it's a race where it's just devoid of speed. You got prime candidate and gray worm that probably come across. He's going to box seat here. Ryan learning the saddle again. $10 is in great form. Um, I just can't see how he doesn't run a good race once again. He'd, he'd have to regress terribly not to run a good race. Yeah, well, there you go. So, um, you know, you could you could take both
1: of them really. You could take both of them at double figure odds and and still make a still make a nice killing if if either of them gets up. So.
0: Yes. Well Blondo will sit closer, but he still has to make up that two lamps, which I'm I'm no doubt he no doubt he won't. But I I can't see much being between either horse. And in that scenario, I'm I'm kind of happy just to be with the one that's going to be, I guess, not needing any luck. He'll just be there. And whether he's strong enough to hold out Blondo and Baller and King of Sparta, they'll all be for sure coming late. Well, that's up yep. to uh big, big old Rangers. But um we'll see. But we'll move on now. Um, unless it's like you want to add. No,
1: no, I was just gonna I was just gonna quickly mention that I've got shooting for gold in my black book as well. But that horse just, just does a lot wrong um a lot of the time. Some you know, when he gets it right, he he's pretty good. But um last start he was last start he was pretty poor out of the gates and it was a good run to only finish one point four lengths off baller in the um in the cup at Eagle Farm, the Morden Cup, but yeah drawn drawn that wide you know if he misses the start again he's going to be back in the same spot that um we, we were talking about just then jason with king of sparta and Blondo potentially so um yeah it's yeah I, I i'm not too confident with him but yeah he is in the black book so i've got to mention, i thought i mentioned him
0: beautiful all right we'll move on to hong kong horse to follow or horse to be with Rare Saturday meeting, so Mr. Blake will Bloody be oath. putting his tips on the website. I don't know if the, the pundits have noticed yet, but the the tips are now exclusive to paid subscribers. It's been a long wait, but after all the hours and time that Blake's put in, I thought it was only right to um to, to get some money flowing through to his pockets All his hard work. Body oath, Bloody
1: oath, and um and you know that money will be flowing to the to the punter's pockets as well. Um, in race ten with number one, Maldives, um, this horse was pretty unlucky last start, not to, um, not to finish close up, but he was running over the extended mile at Happy Valley, which it's, you know, he, he, he runs well at both tracks, but given his racing pattern, which is to sort of not, you not get back to last when he's drawn well, he can take a little bit of a position like, um, I'm pretty sure he's sat, you know, yeah, sometimes he sits around sort of fifth seventh, that sort of midfield area, but at happy valley when you're when you're worse than leaders back the rail and you're on the rail, the chances of you actually getting a gap and and you know making up all that ground on horses who have the momentum coming around the outside, all the leaders if they go slow enough over basically like a three hundred meter straight, your chances are very, very slim, so um. He did he, he did run run well. You can watch the replay on HKJC if you're that interested. But um, he was pretty unlucky last start um, with Luke Ferraris aboard. I like Blake Shin getting back aboard here, and I like Maldives going to Chartin um, over the 1400 meters. He's drawn barrier four, so he'll he'll be there. He'll be there about to midfield. He, I, I wouldn't expect him to be worse than midfield. Um, that said, I wouldn't expect him to be sort of up pressing for the lead, but um. Yeah, at Shartin on the B course, I think he's got a much better chance of finding a gap late than he would at Happy Valley over the extended mile. So, um, yeah, given he's given he's been going well, um, he very very consistent horse as well. If he's anywhere near an each way price, um, you know, if his place is over two dollars, I'll probably be lapping some of that up um, because yeah, he very rarely misses out on a placing, and he didn't obviously last start and the start prior to that. But they were two good runs. Uh, from two much wider draws. And like I said, he got, you know, pretty unlucky. So you look back prior to that, he's only missed the placings twice uh, this whole season out of about 10 runs or so. So very consistent horse. And um, yeah, I expect him to be winning, to be honest, that race. But um, yeah, it, even if he doesn't, he'll be running very, very well from, the,
0: from that good gate with Blake Schinnerboard. That's the Maldives, punters. Saturday race 10, number one from Jatin. We'll probably see Blake um, in that uh, on a resort island, possibly the Maldives if it does get up. Um, <laughs> you can back some cocktails, mocktails, fucking shocktails. That's the baby. plan.
1: That's the plan.
0: Plan. All right, we've got to get to the JC trial file. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a endangered species this season, but um, <laughs> it makes it makes a showing once again. And I got to admit, the South Park meme came out when I was watching the trials this morning of of one. Galloper in particular uncommon James. Uh, I don't think it'd be so uncommon after Saturday at Eagle farm race Two, number 10 comes back from a gelding operation. Um, and he has a tongue tie on first time. Very interested. Uh, very interestingly, this runner did get gilded. You don't often see horses winning listed races, beating horses such as Tai, who was a very sharp and smart horse at that time getting gilded. So, um, He's also had a year off. So I, I'd be expecting that he was probably acting a bit culty. Um, and they've just decided to put the red pen through him, chop off the old boys, um, and get him back to the racetrack. And I thought his trial on the 7th of June at Durban was absolutely electric. He did race a bit on the fresh side, was a bit keen, which was the one negative. However, if you just watch his stride and his strength through the line, he's come back a better horse this time in. He's definitely filled out. Um, he, he always had a very lovely big structure um Mm -hmm. he's just he's just grown into it i think that's a that's one thing i look for in greyhounds as puppies you like to look for that structure um they generally in time they all grow into it Uh, a bit like very elegant herself she has a very nice structure and eventually she didn't just become that little skinny skinny girl she was she filled, (laughs) filled into a lovely frame that she had but um this horse i just i love his versatility um i think he's a horse that can both sit on speed uh, and just sit off it. He's a he's a push-button horse, uh betting Thompson to ride, barrier two. Um, and it just looks it's it's a nice little race. I think it's it's gonna be a race where there's gonna be a very, very strong form race. And I'll I'm sure there's going to be a lot of subsequent winners out of it. Um and Van Dyke Toronto is a very smart mare. But um, I just think this uncommon James, he he's definitely he's definitely a horse on the way up. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised they didn't target him earlier in the carnival for some races, but um I guess maybe some things have gone wrong there, but judging by that last trial, everything's A OK for Saturday. So once again, Eagle Farm race two number 10. Uncommon James looks an absolute morale. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll definitely be um be interested to see how he
1: looks in the yard uh, on Saturday. And um, but yeah, all, all form and and yeah, the trial, especially how he looked um when he debuted and in those first three runs. Like you said, Jason, he he looked very promising. So, be very interested in myself as well on Saturday with him. Yeah, um, just going sort of to other best bets now. Um, I, I like to mention a few that I've got in the black book coming up. Um, I've got I've got as you know as always, there's plenty plenty I've got in the black book, but um, the ones that I'm the ones that I'm quite interested in here. Uh, or one in particular I'm quite interested in is in Caulfield race five, um, chief Altony. Some of the listeners probably are aware of the horse. If they, um, if they are regular, regular watchers of the racing, this horse has been going pretty well. Uh, this preparation, he's had four runs. He ran fourth uh, first up, which, you know, he's not, he's not a, a particularly f- uh, good fresh horse, um, but since then, since that fourth, uh, he's run third to Tuvalu and Pro Consent, and then he beat a decent field at Sandown, and then he ran second last start to Visinari. So I really like I really like the way the form's stacking up. Obviously, Tuvalu's come out and won uh, last weekend, and that was in a in a pretty strong field, um, and the visionari form as well is pretty strong for mine. So this is a, this is a really interesting race. Um, there are quite a few interesting horses in here um, going down the page. But I think the way Chief he has been going, um, he's the one to beat. He deserves to be favourite. And because he's in the Black Book, I've got extra interest in him at uh, the $3.50 mark. Um, away from him, there are a few others. Um, Oscar Zulu is running Race 8 Ramwick. Now, his form doesn't look on paper all that flash so far this prep. Uh, eighth to Blondo, who I was kicking up for earlier, which um, which sounds good now. And then fourteenth um, at Eagle Farm, behind Soxagon Alligator Blood. I'd 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 be forgiving of those two runs. Um, none of them, neither of them, sort of went right right for the horse. And then last start from Barrier Three, the inside wasn't exactly the place to be. Um, last last time at Ramwick, so I think drawing barrier seven, whether the inside or the outside is is the spot to be and whatever, barrier seven's basically the neutral draw. Um, ideally, you'd want sort of five, six, but seven's all right too, and um, yeah, I think Oscar Zulu from that from that gate is going to get a pretty good run, just sort of one off the rail, um, cruising into it, peeling wide in the straight, and fourth up now ready to fire,
0: I'd I'd be pretty interested in him here. Beautiful. That was Blake's best bets. And before we wrap up season two officially, uh, $100 competition for the Tats Tiara. I'm going to have $50 each way on a tissue. And I've been needing plenty of those today. I've I've run out and I've I've literally, I'm on the dunny paper now, the dunny (laughs) roll. Jesus, it's not good. I'm no. up, get on. <laughs> yeah, Bro- no comment, no comment. Zombies, zombie JJ struggling. struggling. Um, well,
1: I'm doing this on the fly, um, but I was kicking up for Salatine, so I'll probably be having something on Salatine. Um, I'm just having a quick gaze to see if there's anything else that I'm particularly interested in, which... I'm not, to be quite honest. Um, like I said, there are plenty of chances, and you know, I'm sure something else will probably beat Salatine on the day. But I'm going to go fifty each way. Salatine, big, big price. Um, if it gets up, that'll that'll be it for the competition for sure. But um, yeah, I, I'm back at myself. Goodgate, Jimmy Byrne, T. Golan, been coming out of the right form
0: races. So get her home. Get her home, Jimmy. Palatine is for Blake. All right. Well, that will wrap up officially for the second time, season two, <laughs> episode fifteen. Uh, seat of season two of the Camels Gamble's podcast. Um, Blake, once again, thank you for coming on board this season and last season and just being a part of it and uh, doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, and, and tipping a lot of winners for the for the listeners. Um, and also want to thank everyone that tunes in um on a weekly basis or just anytime you tune in uh and and yeah yeah, i guess uh thanks for the all the good comments and and messages that i receive i hope that you've enjoyed it um and that's about it from me yeah yeah same
1: exactly the same thing for me i'm just you know it's a it's a good feeling knowing you've tipped horses when when you've tipped them to to the listeners um it's a, it's a bit of a different, it's a bit more fulfilling, I'd say, than, you know, backing it yourself, just knowing that, you know, a few people have gotten on it or, you know, hopefully the listeners are getting around them. So um, yeah, we'll definitely be back and uh, better than ever for season three, which will be in the big, big spring of 2022. So I'm super, super keen for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the listeners, the consistent ones and the new ones. Look out for us in season three in spring. And until then, good luck on the punt. Um, try and try and save up something for the big spring. And um,
0: yeah, what Blake said. All right, best of luck. Tatsial day at Eagle Farm on Saturday. Take care.